We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that <laughs> thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number three, Tremendous Football Thursday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. On with our friends at Stadium for the next 60 minutes, and a great 60 minutes it's going to be. Rod Gilmore, ESPN College Football Analyst, will join us in just a moment, breaking down the latest college football playoff rankings. Uh, We'll do a little Heisman Trophy. Games coming up this weekend, including FIU and Arkansas. Rod will be on the call of that game this weekend. Rod will join us in just a moment. 20 minutes from now, we'll go from Rod Gilmore to Joey Kaddish, which is always really great when we have someone like Rod coming on, and then Joey Kaddish comes on afterwards. Kaddish will give us his college football and NFL bets coming up for the weekend. We'll get back to NFL awards at the end of the hour. Um, If someone's going to catch Dan Campbell to win coach of the year, who's it going to be? And then we'll talk comeback player of the year as well, where DeMar Hamlin remains the favorite in the betting market at our show sponsor, BetMGM. Power Hour Final Hour features all our bets for tonight, including side total and props for the Bengals and the Ravens on Thursday Night Football. And we'll get all the bets for this weekend in the NFL from our friend Evan Silva from Establers at the Run. But joining us right now to kick off hour number three, the fun and frivolity here on You Better You Bet, is our good friend Rod Gilmore, who does an awesome job covering college football as a game analyst for ESPN. He is on Twitter at Rod Gilmore, making his You Better You Bet debut. Rod, welcome to the show. Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, thank you very much for coming on and what I know is a very busy time of year for you. How's it going? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. How you guys doing? We're, we're good, Rod. We got the latest playoff rankings on Tuesday. And I, I know, obviously, you covered college football for a long time. I don't think we think this is, like, going to be the final rankings. Obviously, a lot's going to kind of change. But maybe the top six, those are kind of the four of the, the four playoff teams are going to come from that top six. So for people who didn't see the rankings, Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, Florida State four, the two Pac-12 teams, Washington and Oregon five and six. This can just be your best guess, but I'm always interested to get other people's opinions, obviously. When we get to the end of the year, Alabama's in the mix too, right? Texas right after them, it's worth noting. When we get to the end of the year, just what's what's your most likely 14 playoff? How do you think this thing's going to finish up? Well, you know, we, we do this every year, don't we? You know, we, we, we get the two or three weeks away, and uh, we, we don't account for the chaos that, that might happen. Um, if, if you ask me who the, the top four teams are who's playing the best, that's probably different than what's ranked right there. Um, I really believe that, that a healthy Georgia team is the best team in the country. Um, I, I really, truly believe that. I think Michigan has, has kind of shown lately why we were all so high on them early in the season. I think uh, a number two ranking is deserving for them. And then I think beyond that, it's all about, you know, chaos. You mentioned Alabama. I think this is Nick Saban's best coaching job, you know, uh, what he's done with getting his defense together and getting Jalen Milrow to, you know, kind of mature into a kind of a championship playing quarterback. Um, I think it's his best coaching job. And if by chance Alabama uh, wins out and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, Alabama's in. And then the question becomes, do you leave out a one-loss, two-time defending champ? Do you take them over, let's say, a conference champ like Oregon or Washington or so? So there's room for chaos out there. I think once you get beyond 
uh, you know, Georgia is the top team in Michigan. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a roll of the dice. I mean, if you want to pick between Oregon and Washington winning out in the Pac-12, you know, good good luck with that. You know, is Florida State going to finish undefeated? I, I'm not so sure they will, but they're sitting in the top four right now. So I I, I think once you get beyond the the first two, uh, we're, we're probably going to have a little chaos the last couple weeks. And uh, I think most people are like hashtag team chaos in college football. And I think we're going to get a lot of it coming up. And that really has got to excite you as a fan and, and us, obviously, as betters. Uh, Rod, I want to follow up just on Michigan here because the news broke uh, basically like right when we came onto the air today that Jim Harbaugh is going to accept the three-game suspension. And, look, we don't have to get into, like, the details. Like, obviously, like, they, they want to play this out and try and win a national championship here. The Big Ten wants Michigan, I'm sure, to win a national championship to get a national title for the conference. So Harbaugh is not going to coach the final two games of the regular season, a couple weeks against Ohio State, coming up now against Maryland. Does that kind of like change the way you view Michigan in these next two games coming up? About three touchdown favorite against Maryland. The look ahead has Michigan about a six-point favorite against Ohio State. Like, do you ding Michigan at all, not having Jim Harbaugh on the sideline for either of those games? Like, how do you view Michigan coming up here without their head coach on the sideline? I'm surprised that he accepted the suspension of the Ohio State game. Uh, that tells me that the evidence was probably pretty strong and that they felt the fight wasn't worth it at the end of the day. Um, but I, I think this is a really, really good Michigan team. You know, and if we can, you know, ignore the noise off the field and just focus on how that team plays and what it looks like, um, I, I think they should be favored against the Michigan team. I'm just a little surprised that Harbaugh, you know, having known Jim for decades and how he feels about that game, I'm surprised that he would agree to step aside from being on the sideline for that game. That that part of it surprises me. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a really, really good Michigan team. We'll have to see if Ohio State, uh, for a change, can, can show that they can change the tide and that they are, they're physical enough to stand up to a Michigan team that ran the ball 32 straight times in the second half against a really good Penn State defense. That, that was a pretty significant statement. Rod, I'm curious. You mentioned your your relationship with Jim Harbaugh. Say you've known him for a long time, and, and obviously, like you've been around the sport for a long time. There's been a lot of talk since this suspension came out, and since he chose to accept it, the rumors have already really started about, you know, is he is he going to leave Michigan and take an NFL job? I know the NFL kind of tried to say like, hey, like we, we're not sure if that's allowed if he's facing NCAA's. Just curious, as someone who's like really plugged in in the sport, do you, do you think Harbaugh would maybe really consider that? Maybe if they win a national title, he's not Michigan's coach next year. You know, if, if anyone says that they know Jim and what he's going to do, they're probably not telling the truth. Maybe maybe his brother does, maybe his dad. I've known Jim since he was in high school. Um, I, I played for his dad back in the day at Stanford, um, so I've known the family for a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, I, he, he is different than most guys, and he doesn't uh, show his cards. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't bet uh, right now whether he – takes this as a personal offense and would be heading to the NFL. I, I don't know that that would be the case. So I think with him, you have to let things uh, play out. Um, I, I think Michigan has established and built a program, you know, with, with, with him at the helm uh, that they've got, you know, the, the talent and the culture for the next couple of years to be, to be in the hunt. Uh, I think that that's where they are right now. We'll see, you know, if something changes, if he feels like he can't operate, in this sport anymore, but keep in mind, the sport is changing drastically. I, I would not be surprised if this, this rule about no advanced in-person scouting, I wouldn't be surprised if that got changed. You know, we have it in high school football. We have it in the NFL. Um, why it would continue to exist 
in college football. I, I'm not sure uh, if coaches are really that worried about, you know, signals. You know, we could go the NFL route and put, you know, um, transmitters in the, in the helmets of the quarterbacks and the middle linebacker as they do in the NFL. Uh, there's money for that at the FBS level. So I'm, I'm not sure where this is going to wind up, but we are seeing massive changes in college football, uh, you know, these days. Absolutely loving this interview right now with Rod Gilmore, our college football analyst for our friends at ESPN. Rod will be on the call this weekend of FIU in Arkansas on Twitter at Rod Gilmore. Rod, we'll get to some of the games coming up this weekend in a second, but want to make sure we get your take on Heisman Trophy. And you mentioned, like, you know, who's going to win the Pac-12 with Oregon and Washington. Those are the two favorites at the top of the betting market right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM. Bo Nix is the favorite, followed by Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, uh, the third choice in the market, and then Marvin Harrison, obviously, from Ohio State, the fourth choice. And then those are, like, the four guys at, at the very top. As it stands right now, Rod, if you had to pick someone, and, like, it doesn't have to be, like, a betting question, right? Just like, hey, like, who do you think Hunt is most likely to win the Heisman Trophy like who do you got and why well I am a Heisman voter and the Heisman Trust is very adamant about uh, keeping your votes secret until after having voted uh, and and the votes have been made public Um, so it would be a real no-no for me to say here are my one two or three guys (laughs) but I will have to ask though right I will say this (laughs) yeah I will say this I I I think that you know that the list is the right list you know, I think the way Michael Penix Jr. has played this season has just been phenomenal. Uh, Bo Nix has, man, you know, if you saw Bo Nix at Auburn and, you know, <laughs> then tracked him at Oregon, you're saying this is just not the same guy. I mean, he's been unbelievable for two years now. Um, and then Marvin, Harris, Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State has been overlooked, but I think he may be, you know, the best football player uh, in the country. Had Brock Bowers not gotten hurt, I think he would be on that list. You know, uh, and then certainly Jaden Daniels is playing at an elite level. So I, I, I think that's sort of the right list, but I leave room for a guy who just really blows up the next two or three weeks. Um, I think there's room for player X, um, whether that comes, you know, down the stretch out of, you know, out of Michigan, you know, in their games with Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. We, we may see a player X get into the mix there, but I think I think the net has been cast around the right guys at this point. You have a very, a very diplomatic, but a very informative answer. I'm trying to kind of you know, very walk well the done. line there, obviously, as a as a Heisman voter. That's a tough spot to be in, and we have to ask the question. Rod gave us a good answer. Uh, Rod, why don't we talk about just a few games coming up this weekend? You mentioned something. I know you're calling an SEC team this weekend. You've covered a few SEC games already this year. You said when you thought Georgia, if you think they're full strength, and obviously Brock Bauer's coming back from injury, they're the, they're the best team in the country. They, they don't have a lot of test games on their schedule for us to kind of figure out if they are the best team in the country. This is kind of going to be all it is until they play play Alabama in the SEC championship game. They're at Tennessee this week. Still a big favorite, a 10.5 point favorite in the betting market. Total 58.5. You said you thought Georgia was the best team. You think you get a best team performance from them? Maybe they win by a couple touchdowns on Saturday? I think so. When they've been tested, challenged, questioned, uh, they've shown up and really turned it on. You, you think about what they did to Kentucky and what they did to the Mississippi Rebels. Um, you know, when, when you question them and they're a little bit healthy, uh, there's something else. And I think now they're more than just a little bit healthy. So I would have a hard time picking against them. Uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, if you asked me that question, you know, Georgia or the field, I would have said the field. Uh, but since they are getting healthy, I, I think it's really hard to pick against them. I think they are incredibly fast, athletic on defense, 
uh, and they found their swagger on the defensive side, and I think they found their you know their stride on offense now. So I I I would be hard pressed to pick against them, and I think the game against Alabama in the SEC championship game is is going to be great. You know we'll see if if uh, if Jalen Milrow can can get loose and run for a couple scores and throw the deep ball uh, against them because what he does that is different from other quarterbacks is really really affect you with his deep ball. And it just really stresses the offense because you can't let the ball go over your head. And then that opens up everything underneath and allows him to run. And, you know, then they get it going. So I think that's going to be a tremendous championship game. Rob, let's close with this. We have a couple minutes to go. And, like, obviously I'm not asking you to, like, to give a bet on, like, the game that you're calling here. But just, like, as you kind of, like, think about the game with Arkansas and FIU. Arkansas more than a four-touchdown favor, 29.5 the number at BetMGM. The total in the game is 49.5. Like, when you conceptualize the game, do you see, like, FIU keeping this game close? Like, kind of, like, how, how, do, how do you see this game playing out, FIU and Arkansas, the game that you'll be calling this weekend? I'm really curious to see Arkansas in person uh, tomorrow practice and talk to the coaches and players uh, because there's no question that they are the far, far, far superior team. You know, they're bigger, stronger in the trenches. There's no question about that. I'm just not sure where Arkansas is mentally, emotionally. You know, that the, the loss last week was really disturbing. You sort of had the sense that they were starting to pull it together. Uh, but now, you know, they're not playing for a bowl game. Um, you know, they're, they're a little bit down about having lost that game so badly last week to Auburn. Um, how are they emotionally? I don't know. But if you're, if you're asking me simply based on what's on tape and the, the, the size differential and the like, they should be a four five touchdown favorite, but will they play like that? You know, FIU is incredibly athletic. They're very fast, you know, uh, with their receivers, uh, they could threaten that way. They're athletic enough on defense. They can blitz. They can get after uh, K.J. Jefferson. Um, So those would would be the things that would give me concern. But straight up, I mean, if they're ready to play, this is an Arkansas team that should win by four touchdowns. But I I just don't know. I, I have a better sense tomorrow when I see them in person. Uh, Rod, if you ever needed an ego boost, by the way, we should like print out and send you a tr- uh, a transcript of like our show chat during this interview, which is basically everyone gushing about like how awesome you are and how great this interview was. So I guess the good news is is like you absolutely smashed it, and thank you very much. The bad news is we'll 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 probably ask you to come on again at some point because because this was because this was really awesome. Thank you very much for the time. We sincerely appreciate it. Want everyone to follow Rod on Twitter at Rod Gilmore. Check him out this weekend on the call of Arkansas and FIU. Safe travels, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and hope we get to do this again sometime down the line and to you and yours thanks for having me on take care guys rod gilmore joining us here on you better you bet yeah, so like where does like where does like rod gilmore rank now among like favorite after like one interview on like our favorite guest list yeah i mean i that was that was outstanding it was really good always good. just the, the heisman voter question just like i know you have to ask i can't tell you but also you yeah, know yeah, like of that's course. maybe the right names Maybe the right names, you know, which is like, I, I mean, how would you answer if there was you and you were listening? How would you answer the question? Exactly. You know, like, like I just and we have to ask. Exactly. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a smart answer. Yeah. And to be fair, like there isn't like no one really knows how this is going to play out. Like he's not even being, you know, uh, dodgy with the answer. Like, no, they're like there are literally four players who can still win. We don't really know which one it's going to be. I, I did like his, you know, player X still with a chance to emerge for the Heisman Trophy. I thought that yeah. was that was very interesting. All right. Well, coming up next, we go from Rod Gilmore to Joey Kanish. Kanish's college football and NFL bets for the weekend, baby. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. 
on the BetQL Network. Corum with a hole down the sideline. Can he get there? Blake the Great. Touchdown, Wolverine. 30 yards. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Gus Johnson on Fox Sports with a highlight. Loved hearing Gus on MSG last night calling the Knicks game. The first time in like 20 years, Gus Johnson on the Knicks games. Who was the analyst? I couldn't figure that out. Oh, it was uh, Wally Zerbiak. Oh, I knew I knew the voice. I was like, who? And I had it in the four screen league pass. I had the Knicks audio on because Gus was calling the game. I was like, well, I want to listen to that instead of some of the other game telecasts. And I was like, who is this analyst? I like could not, could not figure. And I, I, you know, thinking of like Knicks players. I've heard this voice before. Like, who is it? It As as Wally Zerb. I wasn't going to figure that one. He does. Uh, he's always. He does when he's not calling games. He does like the pre half and uh, halftime and post game show on MSG Network locally here in New York for the Knicks games. He's been doing it for a couple of years. Uh, Bill Pito, I think, normally is the host of that. At, anyway, and <laughs> things that people care about now. Uh, let's talk some college football with our pal Joey Kinnish. He's going to join us in a second. Award conversation returns in twenty minutes. Evan Silva forty minutes from now with NFL bets for the weekend. All our bets for tonight in the Power Hour final hour of the program. But our friend Joey Kinnish joins us now. He is on Twitter. At Joey Kinnish 22. He is a professional sports better, and he works for our friends over at The Hammer, at The Hammer HQ on Twitter. Kanish supports us, listens to the show, has been coming on with us for years, comes on every week. Support him, follow him on Twitter at Joey Kanish 22, and his content endeavors with our friends over at The Hammer. Kanish, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Your coach has accepted his suspension, good sir. Uh, your thoughts? Gentlemen. I usually come on here with a with a celebratory tone, but after 300 years of American justice, this country has finally been undone and is no different than <laughs> Russia, Venezuela, or any of the other countries out there where the judicial system has failed the people. And it is with a sorry heart that I have to say that Jim Harbaugh has been outcast by what used to be a great country and a great establishment. Uh, and it's a tough pill to swallow here. Where are you, where are you at? Where are you at right now? I am out walking the dog, uh, but really, you know, walking what used to be the great American streets of, of the country that I, that I want. All right. All right. All right. We get it. We get it. Obviously it sucks. What about, uh, Mi- all right, can we get, like, real Kanish back? Your team going to cover this weekend three touchdowns against Maryland without Harbaugh on the sideline? Well, i tell you what. I think the number's a little cheap. i got to be honest with you. And I know so you've gotten a little <laughs> you've gotten a little steam here versus, uh, you know, Michigan and Ohio State where it appears, that, you know, that people are thinking, look ahead, you know, you've got the well. What, what, what if they're saving it all for next week? This is just a Maryland team that I don't think is any damn good. I mean, they haven't really showed anything in terms of the way that they've been able to, you know, move the ball or play defense or a lot of the things that, uh, you know, staple there. And so now that we're getting, I mean, there are some 18 and a half, even though the dog is, is barking there on the chirpins. Uh, I, I think the Michigan number is a little cheap. I think anything under, you know, especially if you can get an 18, but anything under 20 worth a small play there. I think, we've, I think we've come back into the house. We can hear the dog barking. We're settling in to do the interview. This is all very good. Uh, what, 
Any updated thoughts on the Heisman Trophy, too, Kanish? Those are thoughts on Michigan. They probably win, and then they play Ohio State next week. Uh, obviously, McCarthy pro- probably out of the mix now because no passes attempted in the second half. That was a tough one. Well, one, and it was a penalty. Uh, so it seems like kind of a core four candidates here. Bo Nix, the favorite, a minus price now, too. Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, who had about 900 rushing and passing yards last week, and Marvin Harrison Jr. in that order. Is that the right order? Do you disagree with any of those prices? I know you're holding Penix from preseason or, or early on, but like if you didn't have that ticket, like how would you look at these four prices, these four players? You know, well, I mean, I, I don't know if I would have to go over my initial lecture again against the McCarthy candidacy, but we'll, we'll, we'll move past that. But I have to say, I, you know, you would think that you're setting up for this Penix, Knicks, Pac-12 championship, uh, you know, showdown for the Heisman. It does seem like if Jaden Daniels puts up, you know, the the type of numbers, even with three losses, uh, where I think that what is left for LSU to accomplish this season, it's basically just try and run it up as much as you can against the last two opponents and get him a Heisman trophy. They're not going to win a conference championship. They're not going to go to the playoffs. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that, you know, he he goes off and uh, hits some statistical domers in the SEC that haven't been done before. Um, he would be kind of the, the dark horse. I know the Harrison's got the, the opportunity if he beats Michigan, goes in. I, I still think a number of things would have to happen uh, that are unlikely to, to kind of get that to slide in. Daniels is the one that interests me, uh, would be the most, and I know it's the one that's gotten bet down, uh, but gun to my head, I still think it'll go to the Knicks Panics Pac-12 championship winner uh, as long as one of those guys plays out and wins. Kanish, we, we got to save some time to talk about your, like, in all seriousness, like, your, the amazing Detroit Lions just continue to cover numbers and win football games. But before we turn our attention to the professionals here, like, what else do you like this weekend in college football? And Any bets stand out? Big games, small games, whatever. You know what? Uh, there, there's two of the best in the biz, two of the big-time games this weekend. First one... Auburn, New Mexico State. Now, my boys from Las Cruces, who we had a little future on, they're going to the champ. They're going to the, the Houston Championship. Unbelievable season, incredible team. But this week, their starting quarterback got banged up a little bit. I wouldn't expect them to go into this, you know, end of the season SEC game with a lot of momentum. I think it's a game that, you know, if you want a Felice Neri Taz, I, I just think New Mexico State. I don't want to say mails it in. But I don't think you're seeing their starter, Diego Pavia. I don't think a couple of the other guys who've been banged up will go this week. It's kind of a game where they've, they've already had – they're already going bowling. They're already going to the CUSA championship. Why am I going to risk anything to go into Auburn, a team, an Auburn team that needs to win, that needs another statement game here, that finally got the offense rolling last week? It's when This has been bet up a little bit. I still like it under 24, uh, New Mexico State. The other one will go to another SEC barn burner, Mississippi State, Southern Miss. Now, Mississippi State fires their coach. It looks like, uh, you know, it's been a disgusting season. Everybody's down on them. To me, this is the bye week here. Apparently, it wasn't a coach who was loved in the locker room. They're getting their starting quarterback, uh, Chad Rogers, back this week. All indications are he'll be back. So they've had this awful quarterback, too, who can't throw the ball. Rogers should be back. You get the week one of, like, the post-firing bump here and a terrible Southern Miss team that I think even Mississippi State and all their faults should be able to handle. Laid that anything 14 or better there. So we're going two SEC schools against the two peasants. Uh, give me Auburn, 
give me Mississippi State both in get-right games this weekend. Kanish, I know you were talking about New Mexico State there. I know we had like maybe a futures conversation about them. I think one of the first times we had you on the show, like right before football season started, uh, this football season at least, there there are look-ahead markets open for these conference championships. You mentioned like Liberty, New Mexico State's already set. Liberty's a 14-point favorite in the look-aheads. But another look-ahead that we have, I would just curious your opinion on Georgia opened three against Alabama. Georgia was quickly bet up in a bunch of places. It's four in a lot of places. Now, that doesn't mean that's what we're going to get you know, next week or leading into the week of the game. Just that it's like an interesting kind of food for thought thing. Like, is that is that going to be the number game week? Do you agree that it's like that's a pretty small difference, I think, between the teams? I kind of think Georgia's a little better than that number. Do you agree? Like, it's just, just an interesting Alabama season, not quite as good as last couple of years or as, you know, last 10 years, really. Georgia four against Alabama SEC championship. Does that make you want to bet anything? No, I lock. I agree with you. I think that you know what I I wasn't able to get any of the three, but if that that there would that would be the only position I'd be looking toward there. I think you'll see that more. You know, as you trade up four four and a half, uh, you probably get some buyers on, on either side of four there. But it just seems like in terms of program standing, and I know Alabama's had a couple of good performances here uh, coming down the stretch. That it, it just seems from a few years ago, like we've had this more like this shift. And now Alabama's the team that's trying to get back over the hump. And I, I just, to me, isn't there. They don't have the weapons on the outside uh, that I think are in trouble Georgia. They don't run the ball as elite, even though, you know, Milrow's been dealing with a bit of a, he's been a much better passer, but you haven't seen as much of the, you know, the flashes uh, in explosive plays on the ground that he was doing early in the season. I just think Georgia as a program now has obviously unsurped Alabama, and this isn't the Bama team to get back into it. Uh, it would be Georgia for nothing, nothing or nothing for me at, at four at any of those prices. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see an unsurping at any time soon in the uh, the top of the SEC. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Thursday talking college football in the National Football League with our friend Joey Kanish, Pro Sports Better, on Twitter at JoeyKanish22. Check out his work doing college football content for our friends over at The Hammer, at The Hammer HQ on Twitter. My friends, I guess like I should ask, if you have any other college football bets, we'd love to hear them. But like we got to talk about the Detroit Lions because they're amazing. Uh, Ken... Um, pre- last hour we're talking about it. We'll get into it in about ten minutes from now. Dan Campbell, like they go thirteen and four. Like Campbell's just going to win Coach of the Year. Like Jared Goff's twenty five to one to win MVP. Like this this team's awesome. Seven and a half point favorites against the Bears on Sunday. Kenneth, if you have anything else in college football, we'd love it. But also need to know your thoughts on the Lions coming up this weekend against Chicago. Well, let's just say Justin Fields picked a bad week to come back into the Lions' den, baby. I mean, it's, and I, I tell you what, I, and we'll, listen, I mean, on a serious betting note here that we talked about on the show a few weeks ago, I talked about it with Lock Off. I think this team has a legitimate chance at the one seed here. I, I mean, I know this, uh, I mean, as, as long as Josh Dobbs doesn't keep, you know, playing, you know, where they can get those Minnesota games here. The schedule just sets up so pretty here to go down the stretch and maybe have that, you know, 14 and 3, 13 and 4 type of season. Whereas Philadelphia, even though they've been playing, you know, fantastic, have gotten on the right side a lot of these, you know, short prices here. I mean, they're a dog this week at KC. Then they've Buffalo, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks. I mean, it's, you're talking about two teams playing at, if you, you want to say, you know, Philly's playing at maybe a, a you know, is a, a couple point of two points better than Detroit, but look at the state. I mean, there's some NFC one seed out there. I think the Lions still priced for like four to one, four fifty. 
I'm not saying that we're, this is the best team in the NFC. I'm saying this team can be the one seed. Um, and then, you know, you get that one seed, you get the buy. I mean, we've already been dreaming here in Motown, baby, but I, I think that's the best bet on the board in terms of a Lions future is uh, them to be the NFC one seed or the overall NFL one seed um, out there. I think they got a legitimate shot. The team is almost completely healthy right now. Um, and there's just not a lot of flaws in uh, what's currently going on right now in Detroit. Yeah, and, and to Kanish's point, like so Detroit schedule real quick, Chicago, Green Bay, New Orleans, Chicago again, Denver, who we like, but like it's still Denver and they're hosting the game, Minnesota twice in the last three weeks and at Dallas, like we do the Eagles schedule, it's like not even close. And again, to Kanish's point, where's, where are those prices likely to go? The Lions are more than a touchdown favorite. The Eagles are a dog. You know, the Lions are going to get you know, the price going to go up to be the one seed. No, it's going to go down because the Eagles are likely to lose a game. That makes a ton of sense. Kanish, anything? We'll do random bets in a second. Anything else in the NFL? Eagles, Chiefs playing Monday night. Who's going to win MVP this year? Some random angle that we're not talking about right now. Anything else in the NFL here? We'll do a little bit of, of wacky random stuff, maybe to close. I, am I crazy for loving like the the, the Bills bump here? Uh, and I know like the, the you guys have. have, have you know, purposely come down on Buffalo and Sean McDermott and some of the things. I just like the, I, listen, I think this Jets team is horrific in every, in every, like, like the, the, the offense is just disgusting right now. I know the defense has kept them in a few games. It just feels like one of those post-firing bumps. Like, I'm not going to compare it to the, the Raiders-McDaniel situation there, but I think you kind of got the stew out of, uh, you know, like, the, the maybe I, whatever the problem was in Buffalo, you change up, you get it, you get that week one bump here, and you get it at home against a Jets team that I don't think uh, can, can keep up here. So Buffalo was one that I laid. Also, obviously, a teaser option, uh, a Bills-Lions, uh, you know, pre pre-Thanksgiving week teaser sounds like, uh, you know, uh, it could be stuffing your bankroll. Am I right? <laughs> Just, I mean, the guy is a, a freaking legend, man. Uh, Kanish, let's, let's close with this, man. Uh, anything else in the accounts, a random bet that you've got for us, please, um, for our listeners and viewers. Uh, we all love it. Maybe Joey Skates. You know what, baby? Yeah, you know what? Joey, Joey Skates is, uh, the, you know, the, Ky- the Coyotes do up. play tonight, for what it's worth. The Coyotes are on the ice tonight, in case you wanted to go that route. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, like, this isn't even trolling. I have a bet on the Coyotes tonight. You want me to do the Coyote horn? No, oh, 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 we're going back, baby. I don't care how many times we got to run this show here back. I got the Coyotes on the ice tonight versus the Jackets. Um, the only other blade to steal one I had uh, was the or unleash the Kraken, baby, the Kraken in Seattle uh, uh, versus the Islanders. So those were the two blades of steel ones I had. Uh, hey, we, we'll keep riding our Coyotes. Hopefully they come through for us tonight. I, I like the Islanders in that game, and now I don't like that Kanish is going to be on the other That's side like a, with 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 like release battle for battle for like who's who's like not completely gassed basically playing that game. The team schedule well, I mean, recently. The, Isl- yeah. the Islanders' best goalie is playing in the game, Varlamov. So looking yeah, forward Varlamov. to that. Kanish, uh, under Kanish, we'll we'll we, we'll talk to you next Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Hey, sounds like a plan. Hopefully, uh, you know I'm not standing outside picketing the Supreme Court for the downfall of America uh, and the Harbaugh family. The, the great Joey Kinnish joining us here on the show. My friend, good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you next week. Good luck, fellas. Talk to you then. This is just, I mean, what a, what an absolute pleasure. Uh, Kinnish is the man. On Twitter, Joey Kinnish22 at the Hammer HQ on Twitter. Coming up next, Ken and I will continue our conversation on awards in the NFL. We'll continue Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year as well. And- 
Patterson will try to take the Lions to 7-2. and two. Derwin James is right in the middle. From 41 yards, the kick is good. And the Lions come to Los Angeles and pick up another big win. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ah, Dan Campbell, the Lions. Also, like, the song's really good. Jake, bring it up. Bring it up, please. LSU up by nine and feels like they're down by nine. Hashtag college basketball. <laughs> Wake me up in March. Uh, Jim Nance with the call this past week and him and Tony Romo on CBS. Uh, Lions beat the Chargers 41-38 as we return to P-Squared, B-Squared NFL Awards. And Ken, to close last hour, we were talking about like why Dan Campbell's like a favorite in the market, why he's a deserved favorite, and kind of like if the Lions win 13 games this year, 13, 14, 15 games, like he probably just wins. So let's say that doesn't happen and the Lions like slip up a little bit in an unexpected fashion here. Um, give us a couple names or maybe just one name or whatever. Uh, you think the door is open too. Should Dan Campbell slip up with the Detroit Lions here who could potentially step in the door here, coach of the year in the National Football League? Yeah, so just to start, this is going to be a subject. This is just my opinion. Like this isn't, there's no math problem here. Um, a lot of the coaches involved are going to meet some of the basic criteria you would want from a winner. And then you're just, and you're going to have narratives behind them. So it's really just like, what do you think voters are going to do in that situation? So I'll I'll kind of take a stand against a couple of candidates and then for a couple of candidates, again, to, to beat a, like a potentially 12 and five, maybe 13 and four. Like maybe it's more interesting than, like I could, I could be persuaded that, hey, like if they win 13, and this other thing happens it's close 14 i think you lose me completely to be fair at 13 I, I think i'd still be confident campbell wins um but like we'll see and the the candidates i would be against the most that people would be into would be domingo ryan's and mike mcdaniel i would have like no interest in them and i guess sirianni you could throw in there too just because i think they're going to lose a couple times and if they lose even like one more game i think he actually can't win um as a coach this year and a couple candidates i would be for so okay I, i'll explain why in a second against ryan's and mcdaniel and then four to beat a 12 and five like kind of wounded dan campbell <laughs> like a wounded lion i guess um kevin o'connell i think would definitely be probably my favorite candidate in that situation uh and i think sean payton would be like an outside uh, mike tomlin would definitely have a chance i have to mention his name as well and then sean payton uh i still think has a chance now the probabilities of all of this are different it's not like every candidate has the same probability i'll do mcdaniels and ryan's kind of why i'm against them nick and then maybe we can talk about some of the other coaches that that, that have a chance and i gave three there uh ryan's for me it's really straightforward i know peter king football morning in america on monday said that ryan's was his coach of the year at this point in the season also like that wasn't what he said the week before and i think all of this is like very fluctuating also no one else is saying that so like I, I'm, I'm pretty confident here that he's not ahead his biggest issue is that the team's success is entirely being heaped on CJ Stroud and Stroud's performance. So again, we do this all the time. Like when a team's good, who gets the credit? And that's usually where you'll find your award winner. And it's one of the reasons I don't like Jared Goff for MVP. The Lions are going to be really good. 
Have you heard anything about Jared Goff that all you've heard about is Dan Campbell this year and how great, how great he is. I was, he turned this thing around fourth down decisions, like the attitude in the building. Like it's like, you know, all this stuff, culture, whatever. It's not like, oh man, Jared Goff's the best quarterback in the NFL. You know, we saying that. So just like when the Texans win nine, 10 games, you know what people are going to be saying? Well, that's like, that might be the greatest rookie quarterback season we've ever had. That's what they're going to be saying about the Texans. And to be fair, like even when Peter King wrote that thing about Ryan's, the next seven paragraphs were about CJ Stroud. So you tell you tell me if Ryan's is really alive to win this award. Seems really unlikely. I don't think the Texans are getting two awards at the end of the year. It just seems kind of also they don't they may not win enough games anyway. Stroud's gonna win, but they may win eight games. They may win seven games. It's like totally possible still. Really don't like Ryan's, really don't like the price. And then McDaniel, I feel like the die is kind of cast on how the Dolphins are gonna be viewed this year, which is a really, really good team that's not a great team. And they could be a great team in the playoffs. They could win a bunch of games. They could win the Super Bowl. Like, that's fine. But that's not what the award is for. The award's for the regular season. They uh, they had their chances in the regular season. They choked on them. They played three really good teams. They lost all of them. So, like, I just, like, what am I supposed to do? And everybody thinks that, and everybody says that. So, like, that's not Including me. him, that's by me the way. reading what everyone else does. Right. Mike McDaniel said totally before agree. the Chiefs game, he goes, if we lose this game, that's what everyone's going to say is we can't beat good teams. Right. Guess what, Mike? You're right. Right. So like, yeah, if they won out, would it be a fun discussion? If they won out and Campbell's 13 and four, Campbell's still win and hate to break it to everybody. So like, I just like, that's, that's where I'm at with those two guys. Big, big, big no for me on either of them at the price. Uh, and then we can talk about maybe the candidates that are, that are a little bit more interesting to me. All right. Nick and Ken here. Tremendous football Thursday talking coach of the year. We'll get to comeback player of the year in a little bit. But Ken, you had mentioned three names and I would ask you just to talk about one more also like in the Kevin O'Connell mold. But Kevin Stefanski, if the Browns are able to still get in, like be able to navigate them to the postseason in the wake of the Deshaun Watson season ending injury. So like, give us your thoughts on some of the other guys. So like Campbell's the favorite he's deserved. Don't like D'Amico Ryans. Don't like Mike McDaniel. Talk about some of the other guys that you do potentially like in this market. Yeah, I mean, O'Connell's the easiest case to make because everyone's already making it. Um, They've won five games in a row. I mentioned this last week, like Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football did a segment on how he's the Kevin O'Connell should be the coach of the year right now, and they haven't even won more games yet. Uh, they will also be the most directly responsible. So like if you like O'Connell, they're the most directly responsible for Campbell losing because they play Campbell twice in the last three weeks. So like that's how the pivot happens. They play each other. And if you think O'Connell's going to win and Campbell's going to go 12 and five, probably means the Vikings are at least splitting those two games and the Vikings are getting a game off the Lions and Campbell's record gets worse as a result of that. So like, that's an easy case to make. I'll just say like, from a betting standpoint, like, should I be betting Kevin O'Connell right now? I said this a couple of weeks ago and I, and I mean it. And I said it going into last week's game. I think he's live to win. I think he's a really interesting candidate, but like their margin for error and Sean Payton's margin for error is almost zero here and they're playing each other. So like, I don't know why you'd bet it when you could just bet. If you think O'Connell's like, I think he's going to win coach of the year. I think they're going to just bet him every game. Like, again, we said this before the Saints game. Like, I I got my Kevin O'Connell coach money already. I bet the Vikings last week. Now I got my money. Now you still have to wait, and you're still going to lose to Dan Campbell probably. Like, think about it. Like, they could win all these games, and he still may not win. And Dan Campbell still might win coach of the year. Wouldn't you just like the money? Like, wouldn't you just like it immediately? Of course. So, like, if you like O'Connell, just keep betting the Vikings because they have to keep winning. And if they lose to Denver, Sean Payton's going to take over that win probability anyway. So, like... That's my O'Connell thought. Like, yeah, he's super live. I'll just, if you like him, just bet the Vikings. Like, it's really easy. Um, Tomlin, it's, I I don't even know what to say. Like, he can win. Does anyone think they're going to keep doing this? How many games do they have to win for him to win? I actually, he would be the candidate I have 
the most uncertainty about what's going to happen. Not even like, <clears throat> excuse me, not even like how many games are they going to win, but how many does he have to win to win this? He goes over 500 every year. If they go nine and eight, is he going to win this? If they go 10 and seven, is he gonna... that's like a normal Mike Tomlin season. And he hasn't had the quarterback instability he had in a couple of the other years. Like, what's the right number for him to win? Is it 11, 12 more? Like, I, 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 this is the one where it's like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what it is. But I do think if O'Connell and him both have strong seasons, my subjective opinion is that O'Connell definitely wins over him if they both have really... Because look, at like, it's easy. Like, it's an easy case to make. O'Connell is winning with, like, Josh Dobbs and no Justin Jefferson. Mike Tomlin's had a full, like, both mostly full roster the whole year. And they're getting now gained in every game. Like, it just, like, what? Okay. Like, I'll, I'll pick O'Connell. That's easy. That's, like, an easier case to make. Everybody likes the Vikings, I think, too. So... That's kind of Tomlin, like, yeah, he can win. I just, I, like, I don't know why I'm making the bet. Like, I think I would have other coaches ahead of him. And then Stefanski, uh, previous winner of the award. You would wonder if that actually hurts him in this situation. Like, we, he just got it a couple of years ago when they made the playoffs. And I think the biggest thing is who gets the credit, right? You're right that he'll he'll get, like, the pat on the back for sure for everything that's happening and turning it around. Like, who gets the credit? They have the best defense in the league. That's who gets the credit. So who gets the credit? The best player on that defense. Miles Garrett wins Defensive Player of the Year. If they, like, it's it's easy credit to see coming. So that would just, it's, again, doesn't have to play out that way. That's just kind of how I think it's going to play out. So, like, I, I don't really want to bet any of these guys, but I like these teams. Like, I want to bet the Vikings in more games. I want to bet the Broncos in more games. I want to play these teams down the stretch. But my concern is if I just bet Coach of the Year and don't bet the teams and they win these games, I may still get nothing because Campbell may just win. Like, that's that's the problem in this situation. That's really interesting on Coach of the Year. They're a great breakdown, as always, from the, the GOAT of award betting, our guy Ken Barkley. Um, anything else here on Coach of the Year? We want to do, like, at least start comeback. No, I mean, I, honestly, I don't even know who another name we could bring. I guess uh, I'll bring up one more name just to do it, because, okay. like, this guy this guy can win. If Sirianni runs the table, he's going to win. Like, he's going to win. They have one loss. They're, he's going to win. So this is this is why John Harbaugh got a ton of buzz uh, a couple weeks ago and in the midseason content, because they, they only lost a couple games. Now they lose, and it's like you, you actually have, like, a 0% chance of winning, even with three losses. If, if they go through this schedule and they just beat everybody, he wins. Here's the problem. The price for him to win coach of the year is like 15, 18, 20 to one. If you think that's going to happen, just bet him in all the games. <laughs> like it's really straight. And again, get the money. Like why not just get the money and not have to wait till February for Dan Campbell to win? Like why? Like just, if you like the team, play on them. Like that's the problem with all these coach of the year guys. The margin for error is so small and Campbell's so good. Just, just play on. And by, it's just worth noting again, if you want to bet in this market this week, yeah, Campbell's seven and a half at home against Justin Fields. Where, where's his price going? Like, I love I love Kevin O'Connell. I like the Vikings. They're dog this week. Like, what? where are we going? Like, what's what's going to happen to these prices? Just look ahead a little bit. Like, again, if you like these coaches, you like these teams, we like Denver, we like Minnesota, just play on them. Play on them in the games the rest of the season. Find spots to bet, you know, best number available, whatever. That That's how I think you play on a lot of these guys. Eagles went 14 and three last year. Let's say they lose one more game and go 15 and two. Campbell goes 13 and four. Definitely Dan Campbell. I, my opinion is Campbell would win in that situation. Sirianni won three, lost three games last year. He was not even a finalist for the award. He wasn't even in the top three, and they went fourteen that? and three. One game improvement. He's gonna he's gonna go from not a finalist to win. That's like a tough case to make. 
All right, good stuff. Uh, we'll 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 hold comeback player of the year coming up for for next hour on the show, the final hour, the power hour of the program, where Damar Hamlin remains the favorite, minus two hundred right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM. So for the people watching us right now on Stadium, we are saying au revoir until tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time. So if you want to check out the final hour of the show, the Power Hour, I would strongly recommend you doing so. Flip on over to twitch.tv backslash betql, twitch.tv backslash betql. We'll talk comeback player of the year. We'll give you our bets for tonight in the National Hockey League, bets for tonight in the NBA, side total and props for the Bengals and the Ravens on Thursday Night Football, and we'll get bets for tonight and for the football weekend from Evan Silva from Establish the Run. All coming up in the next 60 minutes. Again, if you're watching on Stadium, flip on over, twitch.tv backslash betql. The final hour, power hour, coming up right after this.